if you wake up tomorrow morning and the grid is down for an undetermined amount of time, you can't go to the bank and get cash. You can't go to the stores and buy groceries. What have you got to have to survive? Hello, hello. It's been a while. Happy after Easter Day. He has risen. Um, today we're speaking to a survival uh, expert. She was a Marine. Jody Howe is her name. She also uh, owns a gun and ammo shop called Guns, Ammo, and Pearls. Uh, she also has a recurring event on Facebook called the Survival Series. And basically, what we're going to be tackling today is, what do we do if some catastrophe happens? What do we do if the apocalypse is here? What do we do if uh, uh, nuclear weapons start to rain down on uh, civilization? Are you prepped? Are you ready? And... That's what we're going to tackle today. So here comes Jody. Yeah, I got you now. How's it going? Outstanding. And yourself, sir? Man, it is a very big surprise to see you as an older gentleman because I was expecting a female <laughs> Marine. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand yeah. where the confusion came from, but I'm happy to talk to you. You are Jody Howell, correct? I am Jody Howell. I am the owner of Guns, Ammo, and Pearls. I uh, am the instructor in survival. Okay. Well, then here we go. All right. No worries at all. So great to meet you. My agent is now fired, by the way. <laughs> I, was, I was a Marine for 10 years, by the way. Yeah, I, I had heard that. Uh, so I, re I read through a little bit of your bio. Uh, where, where did you serve? And thank you for your service. I joined in, I joined in Camp Lejeune or in, in Paris Island. Spent uh, six years at 29 Palms and at Marine Barrack Seal Beach, California, then moved to 29 Palms in the desert. Lived out there for a while, then I moved to Camp Lejeune and did the wilderness and uh, all of my uh, special operations training over there at Camp Lejeune. Okay. Was it a good experience for you, or you happy that you did that? I would encourage any young man in America to do it. Would you encourage? I gained, Go ahead. I gained so much confidence, and I gained so much knowledge in those 10 years would you encourage somebody that's a young uh 18 year let's just say you have a son who's 18 years old would you encourage them if they were about to go to war let's just say or would you encourage a young russian soldier to go join the military at this current moment yes yep the thing and, you the thing you have to realize and most parents don't the American military is not going to send a young man into combat unless he's thoroughly trained. They're yeah. not going to send him into combat unless 
he's thoroughly equipped. In fact, sometimes over-equipped. You'll have more equipment than you can carry at times. Understood. They're not going to put you on the front line because they've got so much money invested in you unless you are capable of conducting yourself. Understood. So I'm, I'm guessing you're following what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, if you could just give me uh, your thoughts on the whole situation. I know that war is a, a cruel and strategic uh, uh, thing. So, you know, a lot of propagandas out there. Let's just part that aside, right? The, the propaganda, I mean, and, I, and I, I do wanna hear your side of who do you believe? Do you believe the propaganda coming from, or where's the propaganda? Propaganda is coming from, from everywhere. And in case people don't know what propaganda is, it's basically just a lie and then an accuse of, the, the vice versa of that said lie. So it just, it misdirects, you know, people all together. And, and another thing too, just to throw in there, sorry, too many questions on this one, but I want, I, I kind of want to nail it down. No problem, pick my brain. Yeah, so the, the uh, well, just, just give me your thoughts. Let's, let's start there. Okay, first of all, on the Ukraine instant, or Ukraine versus Russia, the whole, the whole ordeal, big picture, it's a sad situation. It's truly, truly sad because so many innocent people are suffering. Whether they are the Ukrainian citizens who are suffering needlessly at the hands of Russia, or the Russian people who are suffering needlessly at the hands of their own government. As far as the propaganda goes, you're exactly right. There's propaganda coming from everywhere. And to form a rock-solid opinion is wrong. The reason I say that, you can say I'm behind Ukraine. And if they came here, I know I would be in the same situation they're in. I would stand up and fight for my home. However... Because we're not there, we don't understand the local economy, we don't understand the local politics, and we're not seeing firsthand what's happening. The Some of the information coming back and forth, for example, they can show you a video of Russia pulling out of the city, and you think, and they lead you to believe that Russia is doing something honorable, and they're leaving the city of Kiev. But then two days later, video surfaces of thousands of dead bodies left behind in their way. They're pulling out because the mission's been accomplished. Right. And, and you really don't know who to believe. Um, well, it, it, would, it, it, it would also be, you would say this, it would also be silly for the governments that are at war with each other to just let out to the public what's going on because then you let on like what your strategy is and you want the propaganda as a right if you're if you're the government you want the propaganda so that you can 
sneak in the backside or what you know whatever whatever you have to do that's not necessarily what the public is hearing so why why don't people just say that why don't people just stay quiet and not spread propaganda because of the the thing today and it's it's been perpetrated by the press since the Vietnam War it really started to, to get bad in the Vietnam war and it's begin it's be, continued to progress ever since they um what they've done is turn the media and public opinion into a battleground and by spreading your propaganda you can get more people to believe in your way that way there's political pressure saying everybody that's going to vote is thinking this way so you have to act this way if you want to stay alive politically and by turning the press into a battlefield with their propaganda they're what they're doing is they're splitting everybody into two camps and then the politician has to choose which camp has the most voters and which camp am i going to cater to hmm. which which camp, which camp do you think most voters are are going towards right now i mean there's only two camps right it's either vax anti-vax uh republican starch republican religious person uh free willy-nilly liberal you can be lgbtq plus whatever you want to be anti-gun right so there's two sides right and they're being polarized big time and even i which was an independent i'm being polarized and 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 i have to choose a side because there's not there's no middle ground anymore it's one side to the extreme of the other so i guess my i am completely, I am completely 110 with you i consider myself to be an independent I consider myself to be a free thinker, but there, there's hardly any middle ground. Mm -mm. It's yeah. hard to find a middle ground when you tell everyone, hey, stop thinking red or blue and start thinking red, white, and blue. Stop thinking division and think unity. Because the one thing that scares the people, scares the government the most is we the people. Yeah, I you couldn't have said that you couldn't have said that better better. I think that should be a quote on a t-shirt or on a hat or on a you know some kind of a book. You're right. When we stop thinking right, we're we're divided red and blue, but when we stop thinking red, white and blue, then it goes off the rails. The whole reason we have red, white and blue is because that white is there. Now, a lot of people are going to make jokes and say that's racist you can't have white in there why not black why not gray why not brown you know like that's not why we were white is christianity is this truth it is the light you know like it is the light it doesn't have anything to do with skin color i tell, I tell everyone when they come in my life each night at eight o'clock i tell everyone i don't care who you sleep with i don't care who you voted for I don't care what color you are, red, blue, green, yellow, purple, or rainbow. In this room, we're red, white, and blue. 
in this room we love our brothers the way the Bible tells us to. And we all get along. Amen, brother. Amen. That's the only way we're going to survive this as a nation. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, let's, let's pivot a, a little bit here. With everything that's going on, and the main reason I wanted to have somebody that was an expert in uh, this field uh, is, is for me, for the common citizen, to understand that you're living right now in a world where all of your, uh, it, it's, it's such an easy world, especially in America right now. You know, you hear about the war in Ukraine, but you're still being able to go to Target and shop. You're still being able to go online and do the Facebook stuff. You're still, it's a very, everybody feels very safe, but it's not. We are very on the brink of disaster, and the majority of the population in America, I believe, is, is, is just brainwashed into believing that they're completely safe. Okay. That said, what, how, how much, well, let me ask, well, let me ask you this first. Are, are you a prepper? A prepper um, means you, you, you're preparing yeah, for the possibility of, you know. In, in the truest sense of the word, yes, I am. Okay. All right. And, and explain to people that might not know what a prepper is. What is that? It's just, go ahead. Um, the best way I've learned to explain it to people who don't understand is if you wake up tomorrow morning and the grid is down for an undetermined amount of time, you can't go to the bank and get cash. You can't go to the stores and buy groceries. What have you got to have to survive? And there, there's the survival itself is such a wide, wide area there are people who prep to survive a post-nuclear apocalypse which to me is to me personally is insane because in a post-nuclear apocalypse there is no guidebook to survival why because nobody's ever done it mm -hmm. if you're preparing for a grid down society collapse there's certain ways you can go. If you're pre preparing for a hurricane to hit your coastline and you're living in Florida, there's a certain guideline that you follow. I myself, I try to be in all around preparedness. If when, when COVID hit and we could not go to the grocery store for two weeks, everybody was freaking out because they couldn't get out of their house for two weeks. Okay. Y'all hang out with me. <laughs> you got you got enough toilet paper over there for everybody. I'm still using my toilet paper. I still haven't bought <laughs> toilet paper. It, it was just so funny what like how where people went to go get like I'm surprised that bidets didn't become super popular and going off the shelves because then you don't need toilet paper. 
<laughs> he is hose off, you know? So, I mean, it, it was, you know, that, that's, you know, and that, that's where it lies a little bit of the ignorance of a lot of the U.S., right? Like, you go and take the paper products, and that's what you're worried about? You're not stocking up on, and they, you know, there were empty shelves on cans and things like that. But like, what the, the number one thing that went was toilet paper and paper towels. That just lets you know the level of stupidity or ignorance, you know, of our population. It's just it, that was insane to me. Well, what I don't, what, I don't, I don't understand where they went and why they went there um being in being an all-around prepper i try to prepare for whatever situation i may find myself in when i wake up in the morning and when i see people freaking out and going out and buying 900 rolls of toilet paper i think <laughs> what are you gonna do go, eat it go get a hose if that's more cost effective you just wash exactly. off with a little hose, you know, as long as you got water, right? So it's just nuts. Okay, so he, so here's here's the question. Okay, so the number one, I believe, threat that is the most potentially uh, going to happen uh, is probably going to be, like you said, they're going to, they're just going to bring down the grid for a certain amount of time. And that's going to eliminate a whole bunch of people and only a certain few are going to remain, right? Until they figure out who they are and then they're gonna go after them. They're gonna go after everybody, right? Like Satan, is he's gonna go after everybody, but the number one way you do it is to knock down the grid and all these people that are in these cities are now freaking out, cannibalizing themselves, right? Not cannibalizing yet, but you know what I'm saying? They're, they're stealing from each other, murdering each other because somebody's stealing from you. And eventually it'll lead to cannibalism. But as it says in, in, in the Bible, um, how much provisions do you believe a person should have? And I know that varies depending on where you are. You know, if you're in a rural area, you know, you can have more provisions. In a in a moderate rural area, I call it moderate because there there really are no rural areas left unless you go way out west and north. Okay, you're you're on the outskirts of a city somewhere. I'm in yeah. a little town of five thousand people, and my next door neighbor is a cow pasture, but I'm only fifty seven minutes from Atlanta or Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, if, if something like that happens, you would imagine people are going to evacuate those cities like ants, like red ants being stomped on. As a, as a minimum, as a minimum, you want to have no less than 90 days food per person. Okay. 90 days. That way you've got you've got three months to get the grid back online, to stay boarded up in your home and leave people alone and let them leave you alone. Okay. I got you. Okay, so that's storable food, obviously. What what about water? Is is it water filtration a better uh way than 
just hoarding up a bunch of you know bottles of water a water filtration system or a water filtration they sell these things where they're just you could just drink from a stream and it's a water filtration thing and, and you're fine you're, refer you're referring to the life straw yes sir and if if you do your research the life straw is not a viable option oh no okay there have been several people who have contracted serious illnesses and dysentery with the life straw okay so it's a death straw it's not a life straw all right so well, so i won't go that far but i will tell you that i don't have any in my preparations well what do you have so what do you have for water just boiling it just a pot and have, fire i do have a unit called a sawyer company sawyer. named sawyer makes several different size filters I have a mini in my bag that I carry with me, and it filters up to 10,000 gallons, and it removes up to like 0.057 microns. So it, it, it'll take out anything that's in the water. Is a pot, is a pot and fire the best way to filter water, boiling so it? The best way to purify your water? is a pot and fire. I recommend that everyone have a large aluminum pot that they can fill with anywhere from three to eight gallons of water, boil, and put a lid on it. All right, and that's the number one thing. Well, what is the number one thing? Because now you can't have boiled water if you don't know how to make the fire. So is fire the number one thing you need to be thinking about? In Shelter. a situation? Shelter. Shelter number one. Shelter number one. Make sure you've got a roof over your head and you're out of the elements. Because a frostbitten, a frostbite on a cold night can cost you the use of a limb. Okay. And then you're handicapped in everything else you try to do. All right. So let's go, let's go Ten Commandments style. Shelter's number one. That's the first Food commandment. Is number one. Food is number two. Food is security number two. Security is number three. Security. Okay. A, a weapon. You have to protect what you have. Because okay. as you said earlier, two, maybe three weeks into this, society is going to look absolutely nothing like what we have today. Now, as far as security, you mean a weapon? What do you, what would you say the best weapon for that is? I know you own a gun and ammo shop and pearls apparently. I'm 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 of the impression that a weapon is whatever you can use effectively. Okay. You may not be able to handle a 45 ACP pistol. You might not be able to handle a 12 gauge shotgun. You may lean toward a sword, and, uh, a sword and a knife. It's whatever you can use effectively to defend your hearth and home. What would you recommend? And if somebody was coming into your home, what would you be using as a before, seasoned prepper? Before society goes down, I recommend everyone get a rimfire rifle, a shotgun of some sort, 
and a handgun. So a rimfire, you're talking about an AR. Am I incorrect? Not necessarily an AR. It can be a 22, a 22 bolt action, a grandpa's old 22 lever action. Whatever you can use effectively to bring, I use the 22 for small game collection. I use the 22 for distant self-defense. When they get inside the range of the 22, then the shotgun works. When they're inside the range of the shotgun, the pistol works. Now, there's there's certain kinds of shotguns out there, right? There's a there's two two kinds of shotguns. Explain to me that what's the best shotgun for an amateur or somebody that you know doesn't really know much about guns and whatnot. For an amateur with limited gun knowledge. A pump action shotgun and 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 a few lessons on the range will suffice. Okay, pump action. Yep. I'm a I'm a brand new gun owner, FY, but I've never shot. I've never fired a weapon, but I'm I'm a prepper now because I know because I've been studying everything that's been going on, and I'm a, a new uh, born Christian, so the veil has kind of been lifted on me as far as like wh- what I know. So like, I know things are coming to a, to, a, so I'm doing this. I, I want you to know you're talking to an audience, but you're also speaking to me specifically. These questions are specifically for me, my family, and for the audience, whoever wants to listen, because I, I was speaking to somebody else uh, who was also like, yeah, we're kind of on the brink. And I'm like, well, are you, are you, prepped are you ready or do you have provisions and things and he was like no and i was like i think that that's the majority of the united states they're not ready for something like this and it's going to be chaos you would be you would be completely blown away at how many people i talk to on a weekly basis who are in the same shoes you are i've never thought about prepping you guys were weirdos and now they're seeing this could happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm this prepped. This could happen, and I won't be able to feed my family. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, and, right. And there's so many people who are in your shoes, and they all ask me the same questions. That's why I have the answer so readily about it. All right, um, so, so number three was security. Number four? Number four, position improvement. What does that mean? Elaborate, please. Elaborate on position improvement. Um, If you're bugging in, as they call it, I call it staying at home. If you're staying at home, how can you better protect your your premises? Maybe move your furniture so that you have a better side at the front door. Maybe provide security by putting blockades in front of your back back of the house windows let's expand on that then uh is it better in a situation like that to to be a kind of like a nomad where you are a mobile moving target versus a still target meaning 
you're going to stay at home or what's better to be to be a mobile target to take a mobile uh you know you you have tents pots and pans food that you can bring with you you know you're moving in my personal opinion you need to have both bases covered i intend to stay at home as long as i possibly can but i have a location set aside and i have equipped my gear for that location so that if it comes down to me having to leave i throw everything in the bed of my truck and on my trailer and i take off now for those that are not as fortunate as having as much land as you have as much uh, what what do they <laughs> what do you recommend for them down in the sewers maybe somewhere like or you or do you recommend maybe because i've heard a lot about down in the sewers you know like going that it you know it's smelly and whatnot but it's insulated uh you know it is yeah so here's a thought here's a thought say you and not, you and i live in the city I'm on 32nd Street and you're on 35th Street. We both realize the sewers are insulated. The sewers are going to be warm. And the sewers are going to be bombproof. And the sewers are going to be offer you some protection from the elements. So we both go there. Okay, now a guy over on 38th Street goes. A guy on 42nd Street goes. And all of a sudden you've got 16 million people in a city and 4 million of them go down go down to the sewers. Now you're, every time you turn around, you're running into somebody new that sees everything you've got with you and you can't secure it because you've got to protect from both directions. So escaping from a city, what is your best advice? My best advice is at first sign, at the very first sign, have your gear ready and get out of the city. By which means, uh, let's just start, let's go specific with New York because they've got to go over some bridges <laughs> to get out of there. Or you go, or you're going, you know, wet back, you know. No, I'm I'm saying if you're in New York City before the grid goes down when you see everything starting to get stupid and you know that we're fixing they have a catastrophe throw your gear in your trunk and get out but it goes down halfway across the bridge hey you got a head start yeah that's it that's a good point but like how, how do people it's going crazy right now like it feels like it's crazy already. So you can tell people to evacuate like now. Like what are the signs? I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what what right. are the signs that uh um, that it's about to go down, you know? I, I feel like a lot of people are going to be caught off guard. When they get ready to shut the grid down, they won't be able to do it by flipping a light switch. The grid is far more complex. It's going to be an EMP it's going to be 
a slow rolling brownout. And how if long, if, the, if, it, if it's slow rolling, about how long does that slow roll last? Is it you a day, a hours. week? You may have two to three hours. Okay, so but two to three hours are ready and it's sitting in the closet and everything is packed, all you have to do is throw it in your trunk and haul tail. You got a head start. Man, this is all really uh, beneficial, by the way. I think people need to know this. It's nuts that we're yeah. not talking about this more than, than, than I'm already doing. But all right, so, okay, cool, awesome. So shelter number one, food number two, security number three, four is a in, like a location that you can go to that's separate from your regular home, right? You called that a what? Position improvement. Position improvement, yeah. If you know where you're going, you can start to pre prepare that spot. Okay. If I, if, if I plan on staying here, I can start preparing my home. Okay. Very good. Is there a five? Do, do we even have 10 commandments or what do you think? Do we, we have 10? We make 10 commandments. Next, I would say continue to build your food. So you have to know how to uh, grow vegetables and things like that? Is that what you're? If, if you're living in the city and your goal is to get out of the city, your immediate plans aren't going to be to guard because it's not going to do you any good right away. Right. If you're planning on staying in the city, maybe moving to a rooftop, make sure you're stocking seeds. Make sure you're stocking dehydrated foods. Make sure you're stocking freeze-dried foods. Anything that you can prepare by boiling a cup of water you're on track with and you want them to have enough food to get you through so that you can start a planting cycle you can plant corn today but you're not going to be eating it tomorrow it takes six months so if you've got enough food to get you through that six month growing period then you become sustainable all right, let's go. Yeah, let's go back up to the second commandment, which is food. What are, aside from storable food, which I, I bought on Amazon, I bought eight months worth of supplies of food and I got it delivered. So I got buckets, right? So that's easy. But aside from those, what are the best foods? Because I also saw you could buy like uh, rice, right? Uh, you could buy a whole bunch of rice. You could buy egg substitute, is what it's called, but it comes in a big bucket and it serves like, I don't know, thousand servings or something crazy for like the price of like storable food. So what, what, do, you, what do you recommend as far as the best foods? I certainly recommend the freeze-dried foods, the mountain house, the like the buckets you've got. I've got those. But I also, to, to what you want to avoid is food boredom. In the military, they realized that they, with the MREs, they had the perfect meal. You can eat an MRE and it will provide you with the calories you need all day long. The problem you run into is on the fifth or sixth day, 
of being in the field and eating nothing but MREs, you hit food boredom and stop eating. So a variety of a variety is what you're you're recommending. So now I stock I stock freeze dried. I've got MREs. I've got uh, rice, beans, pasta, all sealed in uh, foil con- foil containers that are uh, vacuum sealed with with oxygen absorbers on them. Now the pasta that 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 just comes. You can just keep that forever. It never goes bad, right? And that's cheap. Man, that's that's yeah. So pasta, okay. <laughs> you know, is it because it, most people don't think about these things? You know what I mean? Like, so, exactly. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So pasta. So just buy a big. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. And beans also. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go back down then. Uh, position improvement number five was what? The fifth commandment. Um, revisit food. Yes. Yeah. Food sustainability. Yeah. Because what we're going to run into, and I, I firmly believe what we're going to run into is after that first couple of weeks when the idiots have weeded themselves out. After the first couple of weeks when Joe Smuck and his redneck buddies decide they're going to go on a food run and just go loot everybody and they get themselves killed off. What you're going to run into is your honest, hardworking people who want to barter, who want to make a way, but they want to rebuild society. And you're not going to want to turn that person away because that person can be instrumental, depending on the skill set they bring to the table. Yeah, and that leads me to a question that I have. So how important is communications? That's got to be in the Ten Commandments, right? Communications. Communications is next in line. And that's number six. I only recommend three different types of communication. Yes, please tell me. Any type of radio that that, that works on the ham system. Ham? I recommend anyone go get their ham license. It's not hard to do. And learn to operate a ham system because it's proven since World War II when the grid goes down, the only people communicating are going to be ham operators. Ham radio. How how much do those run? And are you still able to get them like on Amazon or something? They're not expensive at all. They're not expensive at all. No one is really hoarding them for... I would say for probably 150, 175 bucks, you can get a two radio set with all of the programming done, extra batteries, and the whole nine yards. Which brings us to number seven energy. Uh, uh, you're talking about like a uh, uh, generator? either a generator or a solar panel set. Okay, so solar panel set I have, 
uh, generator I don't have. And my main reason for uh, being a little weary on the generator was I was like, well, if the grid is down, I'm not going to be able to plug that generator in. So where am I going to get the energy to, 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 is it a diesel generator or something? Yeah, you, one, you'll get a gas generator. You can pick them up at Home Depot, Lowe's. Just pick you up a, if you, if you really want to go that route, get a five to 7,000 watt generator. My, my issue is this with a generator. One, it requires fuel. And two, it makes noise. Mm, you don't want that. If you've got neighbors and they're watching your house, your lights are on at night when the grid is down and they hear that running in your backyard. Yes, yeah, it's, it's basically an invitation for, you know, hostels to come in. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, totally. Okay, so then what's the best way then, you said energy. So what's the best energy and 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 not only that, the, not just the best energy, but the safest way to be about having energy. Is it like what those those I recommend, blankets? I recommend rechargeable <laughs> batteries. Rechargeable batteries. I recommend rechargeable batteries and using a the nickel cadmium batteries that can be recharged on a on a solar panel recharger. For your flashlights, for your radios, for your common common functioning tools. I'm writing all this down. And I'm just realizing I could just re-listen to this podcast and actually, you know, write it down then. I, but I, but at the same time, I just want to make sure that I'm not. I feel like that I'm like like I I honestly feel like that I'm getting ready for this about to happen and not in the near, not in the future like relatively quick because here's what happened right so this this is and i've heard this uh uh somebody say this that, that this whole covid thing is is it's going to come in waves they're going to strip our rights away covid was the first wave believe it or not <laughs> believe it or not covid is the first wave now if you've ever been surfing out in the ocean you know that sets come in wave the waves come in sets and the first wave it's not that bad it's not that big the second wave is a little bit bigger in the set than the first wave but the third wave and the fourth wave and the fifth wave those are the ones that you really want to catch because those are the biggest waves with the biggest thrill now if this is coming in like a, like a surf set we've just seen the first wave and then the second wave, even if it's just a knockout of power, it's still not that, it's still not as bad as the third and the fourth and the fifth wave that are about to come. And COVID, I, served, COVID served three purposes for our government. It served to prove that a media campaign can control the public completely. They also proved that they could thin the weak at any given moment. 
those who had heart heart problems are are gone. Mm. The weak are gone. Mm. Look at your funeral home list. Mm-hmm. The number of people who've passed away in the last two years outweighs the past ten years. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's the the data is just nuts. But yeah, they've driven down the population. They've thinned out the weak. They've learned to control those, and they also learn how to turn us against each other. Mm. How many times have you seen people say, oh, you're not vaccinated. I'm going to tell them. Oh, man. I've had the police called on me because I haven't been vaccinated. Like, I'm like, are you for real? Like, come on, you know? Literally, had, I've had the police called on me because I didn't, because I didn't have my mask on properly, if you can believe that. No joke. Both those things happen. turned us against each other. Yeah, it's just right. Cannibalizing, uh, you know, people that are ignorant. You know, and it's not necessarily their fault. They're just brainwashed. Do you believe in the whole mass uh, now, here, psychosis here, or whatnot? Go ahead. Here's a scenario for you to give you something to think about. And I don't. I'm not saying this is gonna happen. But okay, they they brought down the grids. They thinned out those first couple of weeks, the the marauders that have gotten themselves killed and the people who just were not prepared and died. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're three weeks into it and they say, we have a camp set up that will provide you with food, we will provide you with shelter, and we're going to start reconstruction and we're going to build America back. Yeah, that's right. That's a trap, right? And when people say, hey, I don't have any food, I'm going to the camp. And you say, I have food, I'm not going to the camp. They're like, okay. They get to the camp and the camp says, now, do you know of anyone who's resisting our help? Yeah, and then they tattletale on you. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be like that. That's that's a scenario that I didn't think about, but you're one hundred percent correct. That's that's where it that's where it goes because you're military, so that's strategic, right? That's obviously obviously that's the next way to sickle down. Sickle, by the way, I don't know if you know that uh, Fauci spelled backwards is sickle. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I heard that somewhere. Alex Jones or somebody told me that. I don't know. Anyway, th- that doesn't matter. I'm not trying to go too too crazy. But I'm like the more I talk to you, the more I'm like I'm like frightened that this is an actual possibility relatively soon. Now, 2030 has been the year that people have used for this is when it's going to happen based on I don't know research and documents yeah. i guess let's look at the other side of the coin for a moment go the the way i try to tell people who who accuse me of being a conspiracy theorist or <laughs> a, a, one of the proper weirdos or whatever if nothing happens if 
nothing goes haywire. And if we're all completely wrong, who have I harmed by having a decent gun collection, a supply of ammo to go to the range when I want to, and food to go camping with? No, you're you're a hundred percent right, but it's it's the latter. Come on, it's the latter. It's happening. It's they're they're literally trying to whittle down the population. The elites are trying to whittle down the population because they know that they can use robots, automated. It's it's all been so automated that they don't need slaves anymore. The robots are going to be the slaves now. So do you, why do you, do you need so many people? If you look at the big picture and, and, and blind your eyes to the details for a moment and just step back and look at the big picture, they have been complaining that the earth was on self-destruct mode because we were supposed to hit critical mass in two years. By 2024, we were supposed to hit critical mass and the earth could not sustain any more people. You bring that forward and you are exactly 110% right. They're whittling down the population to extend that date, which is now 2026. Is that when they're saying, is that when you're, is that what your research has given you 2026? Right. I think it, I I definitely think it's definitely sooner than 2030, you know, because that just it gives too many people. It the well, I'll call them globalists because that's just the term that I get, you know. But the elite, the elite, the globalists, who are you know the ones that want to conquer the world and uh, turn everybody into transhumanists. You know, transhumanism. Do you know that term? Yeah. Have you heard of it? Yeah. So it's basically uh, they're trying to mesh man with computer, computer people, robot people, right? Uh, not from God, not our biological selves, not just the way that it's supposed to be, but like uh, mix us with machines. And what's happening is too many people are too quickly because of the fact that the, the technology is so good are waking up too quick. So even though they might have had 2030 as their date, uh, they're realizing that too many, right? They're not going to be able to censor enough people. And especially if Elon Musk uh, open, uh, buys Twitter, then it's going to delay that process even more, right? Because he's going to open up free speech. Now, I'm not sure which team Elon Musk is on just quite yet. Seems like he's on the good team, but I don't, I don't know because he wants to do that wirelink or whatever uh, technology. So maybe he's a Russian agent, quote unquote. You know, you know what I mean. Just uh, you know, throwing that out there. And that that in itself is something that I try to preach. You cannot take anything at surface value. Mm-hmm. There's an old saying in the military, believe half of what you hear and a third of what you see. That's, that's, yeah, you should do that, right? Because what may appear to be 
one of the good guys right now. Put him in the office and watch him change his colors. Whew. Man, we're getting deep. Uh, and I like it because I, I get deep. But, um, man, the deeper you get, the scarier it gets, huh? <laughs> you know, the, the best thing that I've learned, and you're going to laugh at me when I tell you this, after I've explained all of these views to you, the best thing that I have figured out to do for my mentality and my sensibility, I protect my home. I have, I have put all of my effort into protecting my family and my children, knowing where things are, how I can survive this, how I can survive that. If I'm 40 miles away from home and the EMT hits, do I have enough equipment in my truck at all times for me to get home to my family with? That's yeah. the kind of thing that I focus on. What's happening in Ukraine, what's happening in Russia, what's happening in D.C., I tune it out. I mean, I keep an open ear, of course, but I don't sweat it because... I'm protecting my home. And yeah, so fo focus on yourself, right? Don't virtue signal to 10,000 miles away. To take care of my family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, another thing I was going to uh, throw in there. So number eight has to be also uh, medical, right? Medical actually needs to be about number four or five. Uh, the, okay, the so medical. Preparing for medical. The problem with preparing for medical, the vast majority of medical devices or equipment or uh, products are pharma, and they have expiration dates. Mm. And if somebody wanted to really knock out a chunk of the population. Let's put out a bad batch of Tylenol. And on the expiration date, it turns toxic. But they're kind of already doing that with the vaccines, huh? a little bit. <laughs> Hundreds of people would die within a week. Yeah, but I think they're already doing that. I think that that's already a thing. There are certain medical things that I do recommend. I have a, a well-stocked first aid kit. I circulate my my IV fluids when I can get my hands on them. Do you have an IV an IV machine or an IV drip an IV or something? I had all of you the do have that. Do you, do you recommend that for Do you recommend that for an everyday uh, person? Unless you have the training to use it. What I recommend is level your first aid kit to equal your expertise. Okay, yeah. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, so for me, it would just be like the basic level because I don't know well, anything about medicine. One, one thing I will recommend for you. He's going to get it. I remember you said you buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. Yes, sir. Quick clock. Quick clock and bandage. What, and what is a quick clot? It just basically stops bleeding. 
it stops the bleeding almost immediately. No matter how bad the cut is, no matter what the wound is, you get a lot of people who instantly think, okay, household first aid, what do I need to take care of my family? I need something to beat the infections. I need something to beat cuts and scrapes because we're going to be in the wild and we're going to have mosquito bites and we're going to have allergies too. Stock up on your Benadryl, stock up on your Tylenol, your your ibuprofen, and your acetaminophen. And what can you buy antibiotics without being a physician? There, there's a way around it. I hesitate to say on the air. Um, you have my phone number. If you'd like to call me sometime, we can talk about it. it, it because that's it, the number one. It's kind of a sneaky link, but yes, it can be done. All right. Yeah, we won't put it on the air, although I want to put it on the air because everybody needs to know that there is a sneaky way. But what what are you afraid of? You're afraid that uh, you're going to get targeted or something? Um, And by the way, all of this can be edited out. So this particular clip can just be edited out. I don't want the loophole closed. The new, the what? I don't want the loophole closed. I don't want them to go, oh, crap, they've been doing that. Oh, so you know. Okay, so you've been doing it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want people to have access to it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to edit all that out. What what are we in right now? Let me see the time real quick. 8.54. I'll edit all that particular part out and I'll and just so it, that it's not on so it doesn't sound like oh we're withholding anything from anybody or anything so um, I would say for your nor for for the average household first aid kit you want lots of four by four bandages you want lots of gauze you want lots of tape you want lots of um your your anti-allergy medicines, your Benadryl, your Zyrtex, your stuff you can get over the counter now in stockpile. Now, if you're, if you're traveling, it, let's just say you have left your home and you're going to find a new home. What, what is the best uh, way to carry all of your things with you? Like you, th- there's going to be a lot of, you're going to be a moving. Is there now, let's just say, you don't have any more gas, you ran your truck, you're on foot, but you still want to carry all your provisions. Is there something out there that helps you carry all this stuff with you in the best uh, handy I way? Large, I have a large frame camping backpack for each member of the household. And depending on strength and and purpose is how I divided the, the, the bug out gear. Is there like a buggy you can take with you or something where you're carrying? Is there like a buggy or something with wheels where uh, all terrain wheels or something? I have a small, small wagon. Small wagon. Carrying foot lockers and stuff like that. That we're going to pull behind a a vehicle for say. Okay. We have to go on foot and if we have to get out of here. What I plan on doing is 
dividing the weight between myself, my son, and my roommate as to the necessities. One's going to carry mostly kitchen stuff. One's going to carry mostly ammunition and firearms. One's going to carry medical and housing stuff. Yeah. Hey, this is my this is my buddy Spirit. He's got to go to the bathroom real quick. Can I? Is it okay if I pause it and then come right back? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Say hi, Spirit. Hi, Spirit. I need to let mine out while we're at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Cool. All right. Sorry about that. Thank you. Uh, where are you, by the way? I am in Georgia. Okay. I'm in North Carolina. So, uh, good to have a southern, southern brother. And, uh, all right. So, uh, I think we left off, um, at, uh, uh, medical and, uh, you said four by four bandages, lots of, uh, tape, uh, large frame backpack, um, and in a wagon in case you're on foot to go. Um, now this is obviously a super extreme scenario, right? Like if, if like, this is the world has gone to, <laughs> you know, to hell in a handbasket, uh, you know, right? So obviously we're not saying that that's what's gonna happen, but if it does, at least you're prepared. And like you were saying before, the worst thing you have done is just, you know, you have a nice set of ammo, you have, you know, what's wrong? There's no reason you shouldn't be prepping for this, right? So is it, I mean, you might as well take the insurance that you pay for your car and, and say, I'm not going to pay for insurance for my car and start prepping, or I'm not going to pay for insurance for my TV. It's insurance, isn't it? You're absolutely correct. There's no reason to not be prepared. I've always believed as a man, and maybe it's because I'm old school. Maybe it was because I was brought up old school Southern Baptist. But as a man, we have three missions in a family. Other than spiritual leader, we are to protect, provide, and profess. Amen. If we're not doing that, then we're not fulfilling our, our mission. As a father, I have children that are my responsibility. And anything I can do to make their life easier in an upcoming disaster, I'm I, I should be doing that. Yeah. And now... In the worst case scenario, nothing ever happens, and I've wasted all of this money in preparation. You know what? My kids have got it in case something happens in their lifetime. Amen. Yeah, and that, that's the whole thing. Exactly. Why not? I mean, you know, it's if you, look, if you don't have the things that you need to survive, what's the good in having the nice tennis shoes? You know, you're going to spend $350 on a pair of tennis shoes. They're not even waterproof. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, okay. So here you go. So number nine must be then clothing, survival clothing. 
right? Like a, a, a waterproof check. You'd make that number I ten. That, I would make that number ten and number nine. I would make skill set. Skill set. So you you and have to learn how to make fire. Learn how to learn make. Learn how to make fire and with wet wood. Learn to learn improve your primitive skills. I would say, in general, anyone who has even the slightest hunting skills, having the slightest construction skills, the basics of load bearing, how to build a shelter. Is there is there a program? Is there a program or a YouTube video or 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 somewhere that you would recommend people go to that it would be easy for everybody or or take a class because you probably actually have to do it right, like not just watch it, but lots actually of do classes it. Classes out there. There's tons of YouTube videos on how to build a survival fire or how to build a uh, one man shelter or a four man shelter. The YouTube videos are endless, and the, and the people doing them all have knowledge sets. If you you pick a skill that you want to improve on, you t you find a video and you go do it in your backyard. Well, let's if it's go building fire with a ferro rod and, and steel. Do it. Go build you a fire in the backyard. Put it out with a bucket. Well, let's go back to your survival series that you do. You do that on Facebook. It's a, it's a basically a class, right? It's a class. I, I do individual classes and classroom settings. The the survival fire was done in a uh, in a classroom type setting, but it was outdoors. I taught three different types of fire. I one thing you can start doing right now, and I recommend everybody in my classes do it, as soon as they sign up, I say start saving your dryer lint. Get out. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got plenty dryer of that. Dryer lint is the most flammable thing you have in your house. Are you serious? Wow. It takes the slightest spark to create a fire with dryer lint. And if you prep it right by taking Vaseline and melting it and pouring it into a Ziploc baggie full of uh, dryer lint. Then you can carry it across. It will burn forever. And if you, even if it's raining and your wood is wet, it will burn long enough to dry the wood out and start a fire. I just threw out a bunch of dryer lint today, believe it or not. <laughs> that that could be my savior you see like it's just knowledge like that is just so crucial little things like that most people don't know like i i never knew that that that's you probably knew that all your life right but you weren't you didn't tell anybody i didn't know that all my life i learned that back okay. up training in the military actually well that's that's knowledge that's uh because everybody has dryer lint you know everybody does and it's a, it's the most volatile fire making tool you can have no way yeah i'm gonna start saving it up now how much well i'm not gonna ask that um so you were saying 
another little tip for you. When you go to the grocery store and you buy eggs and you have a choice between the styrofoam carton or the cardboard carton, cardboard. the cardboard carton. After you've used the eggs, you can put the dryer lint into each of the cups, pour your Vaseline over top of it, cut each cup out individually and drop it into a Ziploc bag. And you've got a dozen fire starters. Oh man, that that. Whoo! Hey, by the way, you you should do a YouTube. Do you do YouTube at all? Do you do any of the? You you could literally just do like those little. Hey hey, these are survival tips. Just I don't know, three minute video. You know how people's attention spans are so short nowadays the videos that get the most uh, views are these little short ones with just little bitty tips that everybody is like, I can't even believe that that exists. You could do that. You could do that on the fi uh, on the eggs, on the lint. That's correct. That's yeah, you should do it, but you don't have to, if you don't want to, I'm just saying, I, you know, because I, I feel like that, People need to understand that, right? And and are you sure skills is number nine? Because I'm all I'm almost feeling that skills should be like right up at the top, number one. The the thing about your skill sets is you you have what you have right now. Mm. By okay. the time you have your food, your clothing, or I mean your food, your shelter, and your your water and your prep then you can start building other skill sets that you don't have. You see what I'm saying? You no, got to get see, those yeah. basics in. Right. You gotta yeah, get yeah. You gotta Just in case. Yeah, because you, you don't want to be caught without with a bowl of water. And then you can start building additional skill sets to help you survive. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so number so what was number 10 then? Uh 10, I would say survival clothing. Make sure that clothing. you have for you you have appropriate clothing set aside to grab and go for the weather. Yeah, because you're not going to be changing much. The, your your skin is going to be your skin for the entirety. Your pants are going to be your pants, your underwear, your shoes. Your socks, your I jacket, your hat. I recommend at least three pair of socks so that you can keep them washed and changed. Because if your feet break down, you're you're screwed. Okay, yep. Yep. Three pair. I tell you what, man, like if if we ever have to go through, obviously you know, more people are going to be more prepared than other people. I'm probably like in the middle, like I'm like at a five as far as like whether or not I'd be able to make it. I wouldn't know all of this stuff, you know, if you hadn't, uh, you know, mentioned it all. And uh, it's just, uh, it's eye-opening, the amount of non-prepared. I still have a lot of work to do and I have been prepping. <laughs> I've been prepping for months. You know, but at the same time, you know, I, I've been doing it wrong. 
if, if you want to add a an eleventh commandment with yes, a I star do. beside it, yes, I do. The most important aspect to survival in any situation, in any condition, under any reason, is mentality. If you go into a situation saying, I hope I can survive this, you never will. If you go into a situation saying, I'm going to survive because I've got people counting on me, you will nine times out of ten. Would you say then 11 is taking the Bible with you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because then, because then that's what gives you the power. That's what gives you the confidence to be able that's to go on. That's what gives you the confidence and the ability. So would, would then you say that because it's 11, it's number one twice? That's exactly. the number one, right? Twice. Amen. Exactly. Beautiful. Hey, that's a perfect mentality, way to end that. Mentality is the best is the most important thing you can have. I'll give you an example. In our in a in Desert Storm, we were the first track to cross the minefield on D-Day for the Marine Corps. When they fired the line charge out to blow the minefield up, the sparks were coming down into my track. And the lieutenant came to me that morning after I gave my orders. And I told my guys, I said, follow me and we'll go home. And the lieutenant came to me and he said, you know, they're expecting casualties. I said, I hope somebody else is prepared to write the letters because me and my guys are coming home. He said, Sergeant Howell, you can't be sure of that. I said, yes, I can't. I'm going home. Because when it comes to a situation between them and me, I'm going home. And the lieutenant was like, I don't want to know this up front because I will have to be watching you for war crimes. I said, okay, watch. But I'm going home. It's far better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. I'm going home. And that was my mentality. And when we hit the trenches, my guys fought like demons because we were going home. And when you go into this situation here, it's the same mentality that you have to have. I'm going to survive. I've got, I, I've got a promise of the future. And as long as I have that promise of the future, I know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna survive. Well, God bless you, and God bless you for your service, and God bless you for all the information that you gave me today. Um, I I love passing out the information and sharing the knowledge that I have. Feel free to call me at any given time. You have my number. 
I don't have your number, but let me uh, stick around for a second. I'm going to add the podcast and then stick around for just a second. Okay. Thank you so much. Jody Howell, everybody.